Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. All right, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm your host, Kat. And I am TK. Good to see you, TK. We're live in the studio today. We are. It's been such a long time. It has. We're usually recording remotely, so it's really nice to be able to read the Bible together. Yes, it is. Uh, last time on the Bible Breakdown, we talked about... Um, uh, it was it was a little rapey. Um, Amnon and Tamar. It was incestuous and rapey. So once again, another parallel to Game of Thrones. Um, and then um, speaking of Game of Thrones, um, Absalom tries to take over and uh, usurps the throne. Yes. And kicks David out. And he's got to leave. But he also left some of his concubines. They weren't good enough to go with him. That's very unfortunate. Just because David's such a stand-up guy. That's why God likes him so much. He doesn't love them hoes. Uh, okay. I don't, have, I don't have anything for that. I'm also struggling to get into reading this Bible. If you have to, since we're in person together, when it's your turn to read, you can read mine. I can just hand it off the tablet to you. I mean, that works too? Yeah, just to, because, you know, we're on a clock today. Um, and then um, it looks like today, oh, there's also a um, Hushai becomes David's spy. I don't remember that. Wait, where are we starting today? Remind me again. We're on 16, 17, and 18. 16, 17, 18. Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. Because, yeah, we did 13. Yeah, 13, 14, 15. Okay, so, yeah, we'll um, be starting. We'll be reading 2 Samuel of the New Revised Standard Version. Um, Samuel 16. Before we get started, though, was there anything, you were kind of going on a rant earlier about purity culture, which weirdly enough, David was not a part of to have been God's number um, one dude. I mean, it's just the same thing that I've mostly been saying. It's annoying. Um, I'm just tired of people trying to insert the Bible into just normal situations. For instance, like any dating situation I am in, People seemingly are okay with me not being like super Christian-y, but then the time that an argument... Now you're saying you're women, though. You're saying people. You mostly date just women, right? Well, I only date women. Yeah. So. Well, you said people, so... It well, I was like... just trying to keep it gender neutral because sure. it's none of you guys' fucking business. Fair. But Fair. yes, I do <laughs> date women. Okay. Um, But yeah. Women that I've dated, they, they act like they're cool with it, and then it and then it's a not the moment an argument or something comes up, it's like I'm getting hit with a Bible verse or getting hit about something that a man should do because it's in the Bible, and it's fucking annoying, quite frankly. 
Well, I mean, the good thing about reading the Bible now is that you can hit them back with some other stuff that they don't even know about. And that's wildly you know, unpopular and, as we're learning, very immoral. I've been watching The Gilded Age on HBO, fantastic program. And what I'm kind of realizing is, you know, human beings are all about status. And because the Bible is kind of equated with having status, like even though ultimately the message of Jesus Christ was one of love over profit, now they've turned basically money into God units of like how much favor you have with God. Like you're not going to have money unless you're in God's favor, which is the opposite of what was actually preached by Jesus. So it's really weird how they were able to kind of do that switcheroo on the value system. But now pretty much if you um, aren't running that Skrilla, God ain't really fucking with you like that. And I feel like reading this and then going into the real world is making, this is the making of my um, my super villain arc. Yay! This is how we get Mexican Joker. It's just what? This is a South Park reference. Who the uh, fuck is Mexican Joker? It was the episode of South Park where um, they were talking about like the ICE detention camps where they were separating the kids from their parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the South Park kids, they were like, you guys are going to be making like Mexican Joker. Like this is going to be like why they hate America because you ripped them away from their parents. And mm-hmm. so it was That's I mean, they're making a joke of it. So whenever I kind of hear stuff, whenever it's just someone's origin story, I just think about Mexican Joker. Well, when you said that, that made me think of Florida Joker, dude, because he's suing Rockstar, who, for those who don't know, is a game company that makes Grand Theft Auto, which is probably the most popular game of all time. Um, So they took, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a parody of American culture. And apparently there's this dude in Florida who got tatted up like the Joker. And so they made a reference to him in the new Grand Theft Auto 6 that'll be coming out. Oh. So when you said Mexican Joker, I thought you were talking. He's not Mexican, by the way. I think he's a white man. Right. Um, Well, we all know Mexican is just sort of the brand name. Um, Every other, I'll just stop there. So, (laughs) but yeah, um, but yes, purity culture is annoying and not helpful. It actually doesn't prevent pregnancy. It doesn't prevent STIs. It actually makes them way worse. Um, I remember growing up, like they, part of it was just making you so hostile to condoms. Like you're supposed to feel insulted if a guy brings a condom because he's, it's like, but I like, you should actually really like guys who bring condoms. Dating right now for me, that has been fucking frustrating because it's like these. Has there ever been a time when dating wasn't frustrating? Uh, there's been periods for sure. Okay. I think I think now that I'm being intentional about it is when it started to become Oh, well yeah, thinking about stuff does make it Yeah, like then it's yeah. become frustrating. Cuz if it is just a transactional sort of thing, you don't have to think about too much, but when you're actually trying to grow something, it can be, yeah, way harder. Because this person prior to this, like she was like, "Oh, I want to cook for you. Oh. I want to like hang out with you." But the moment I was just like, "Well, pinpointed that she kind of had baggage and she's trying to talk about my baggage. It was just like, or block you. Yeah, I always just like to say, it's like, oh, we're not a match. But I mean, and like I said, the part of the country that we live in is super 
Christian-y, at least professed Christian-y. Like, I think a lot of them aren't even necessarily totally sure of what's going on there. Like I said, well, we won't get into all that. People don't even be reading this. And I've they gotten... Uh, and you'd think, like, if you were really into... That would be, like, me saying, like, I'm, like, super into... Uh, name, a, name a music artist. Michael Jackson? I'm super into Michael Jackson, but I've never listened to Thriller. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like... Okay, I can't take you seriously. What do you mean, like, you've never listened? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're not serious then. So to say that, like, oh, um, I've made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, but I haven't really gotten around to reading his book. I've been on Twitter. It's been really busy. i got to make TikToks. Well, everybody got sound bites. It's like <laughs> the same. Right. It's like what's going on with... But they follow, but they, it, I feel like Christian influencing, like if we, that's the thing. I wish, I wish I could play ball because there's so much money on the other side, right? And like Christian influencers make so much money. And like we know this too, just from being on social media, a lot of people post those people on their stories and be like, oh, this really great message. I even, I don't talk about my dating life much, but I did have a gentleman who like got my number and I, he didn't really even try to even talk me up or anything. He just sent me like some memes and then sent me like a YouTube video of some. And keep in mind, when I met this guy in person, like I've openly talked about like I'm not Christian. Like I don't really find it all that appealing. In fact, I'm way too aware of it being used as a tool of oppression. Niggas don't care. They just want to fuck. They do. And so he sent me this thing or like some clip of some preacher or whatever. And I was like, look, this isn't why I shared my phone number with you to be proselytized at. It's like, I don't, you know, like, so you know, it's like, I don't know if you remember this, but I don't really like this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just saw this and thought of you. I was like, yeah, we're definitely not a match. Yeah. Somebody always dating said you're a demon, a demon whore. Oh, that's, you know what? Because they know about our podcast. And so do you remember, I'll bleep out the name, but do you remember from school, when we went to school together? You you might have had classes with her, I don't know. She was like a really tall, uh, she was gorgeous. That's why I thought you might remember her. We had some classes together and um, we had to make a comic book and she, I was like the reference for one of the characters and I was an antidepressant demon. Oh, so like she kind of drew me as like a sexy demon, but it was, but I was helpful oh, because um, apparently, apparent, I didn't know this about myself. Apparently I help people get out of depression. Like there's just, see that sort of maybe. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe. Thank you. And so, you have a positive air about yourself that is very attractive to people. Thank you. So, but we've had this talk before because you have that about yourself and that draws people to you. But then when it comes to dating, I told you, you're a siren. So then when people want to date you, they want to contain all of that for themselves and they uh -huh. don't want you to give it to anybody else. Yeah, that doesn't work out. <laughs> so, <laughs> they try, but it doesn't work out. But, you know, shout out to whoever called me a demon whore. Um, mm -hmm. You should know I don't get paid for sex. So I... <sighs> Not a whore. So then you're just a dumb I'm whore. just a demon. Demon slut. <laughs> I really don't put out no, either, though. I just, I'm just open to sexual experiences. I just, but at the same time, sex does make you vulnerable. It's time consuming. It's messy. 
So it's like, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But um, I, it is interesting to me that I have had the label demonic or devil thrown at me a lot because I don't conform to sort of the spiritual norms of our region. But well, this person was also just threatened by our coolness. Sure. They saw and that the, we uh, our rapport. We do, the, we do Wordle every day, and they mm -hmm. wanted to know why do you talk to this person all the time. It's like, well, bitch, do Wordle, figure it out. Cause I but the thing is, like, I was telling her, I was like, well, Wordle's not exclusive to me and no, Kat. Like, actually, we can also do it together, too. There's a share feature specifically for that. Um, it's not like we we don't even share screenshots of it. It's, it's a share feature on Wordle. But this is what I mean by the hypocrisy of yeah. it all, is because this person, similar to you, they saw, they see elements of me that they really like, but they only want them for themselves. Mm. They don't want me to share my they want to mold you i've had yeah. to do that with my ex where i'm like my non like christianness is something i really like about myself i'm not looking to change it but of course a big part of christianity is bringing more people into the fold like you get it's like um it's like a i don't think i've ever shared this but it is very much like a ml what is it multi-level marketing mlm <laughs> um like a pyramid scheme because Being i don't have you ever have you ever like been recruited by someone who's trying to get you in an MLM? Yes. Okay. So I remember like, it I think my first or second year of college, like uh, Equinox was like some kind well, of MLM. Do you remember Equinox? I don't, excuse me. I don't remember Equinox, but uh, uh, damn. Amway. It is very Am similar to Amway. Amway Global was the one they tried to get me. Yeah, it was like the cleaning products and stuff like that or whatever. Um, fortunately, I didn't have enough money to seek into it and I was not going to take out loans. They were strongly trying to encourage me to take out loans because I was in college to give to them. But I was like, I'm not even taking out college money for school. So I'm definitely not taking out money to give to y'all. So, mm -hmm. and, for, and of course, it was just a scam. But I remember I would get the same vibes from them that I would get from church because at the time I was still in church and I and it was all around that time where I started kind of thinking I'm like what do I really want to be a part of like what do yeah. I really believe and so um yeah so shout out to um everybody who thinks we suck because we don't think this is real you know it's crazy I think I might have mentioned this on but I come from, like, my my mom in particular, for all her faults, I've kind of alluded to, like, y'all don't really fuck with Christianity like that. And she still loves me the same. Yeah. She, so it's like, I guess I come, I guess I, I do have this sort of privilege where I go into the world. It's like, fam, if my mom's still fucking with me, do I, I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah. I, I know. Mm, excuse me. I know for a lot of people, it, a big part of it is just wanting to feel rich. And they, mm. I think the way that our country was established, a lot of times we, because it was interesting to me when I was watching Crazy Rich Asians and reading the books. Oh. Like a big part of the uh, uppity ups there, like a big part of that was being Christian. Like they just equate it with wealth because the people who conquered them were Christian and got super wealthy. Is that prevalent? I've never seen the movie. So is that prevalent in the movie? 
Uh, well, they don't go into it super hard. I think you see like some of the older rich ladies at a Bible study, oh, okay. maybe, but they don't really talk about it. It was really more in the book, but yeah. it was just kind of understood that if you wanted to get into society mm-hmm. and be seen as a proper lady, you had to be Christian. Like yeah. you couldn't be any of the boogity boogity pagan religions. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I just. But I do get. Um, it's it. I do. It's it's scary to me that I still have to kind of like more than once I've had to tell people like I'm not a witch Hmm. you know like people really do believe in demons and warlocks and witches and stuff and it's like y'all just because I know stuff like historically those were the people who were accused of being witches even if all the first of all I don't believe that shit is real but even if it was it wouldn't be shit that any of you could do about it so like therefore well there's prayer all right okay 2 Samuel 16, David's adversaries. When David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of donkeys saddled, carrying 200 loaves of bread, 100 branches of raisins, 100 of summer fruits, and one skin of wine. The king said to Ziba, why have you brought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, the wine for those to drink who faint in the wilderness. The king said, And where is your master's son? Ziba said to the king, He remains in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. Then the king said to Ziba, All that belongs to Mephibosheth, is now yours. Ziba said, I do obeisance. Let me find favor in, favor in your sight, my lord the king. Shimei curses David. When King David came to Bahurim, Bahurim, a man of the family of the house of Saul came out whose name was Shimei, son of Gera. He came out cursing. He threw stones at David and all the servants of King David. Now all the people and all the warriors were on his right and on his left. Shimei shouted while he cursed, Out! Out! Murderer! Scoundrel! The Lord has avenged on all of you the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, disaster has overtaken you, for you are a man of blood. Facts. Then Abishai, son of Zuriah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zuriah? For he, if he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, whom then shall say, Why have you done so? David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite let him alone let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on my distress, and the Lord will repay me with the good for this cursing of me today. So David and his men went on the road while Shimei went along on the hillside opposite him cursed and cursed as he went throwing stones and flinging dust at him the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the jordan and there he refreshed himself the council of ahithophel 
Now Absalom and all the Israelites came to Jerusalem. Ahithophel was with him. When Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why do you not go with your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, No, but the one whom the Lord and this people and all Israel have chosen, his I will be, and with him I shall remain. Moreover, whom shall I serve? Should it not be his son? Just as I have served your father, I will serve you. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give us your counsel. What shall we do? Ahithophel said to the Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, the ones he has left, to look after the house. And all Israel will hear that you have made yourself odious to your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom upon the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Hmm. Now in those days, the council of Anthoph and Ahithophel gave was what was as if one consulted the oracle of God. So all the counsel of Ahithophel was esteemed both by David and by Absalom. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, well, this is a few different things, but the, most of what I got from here was David is uh, basically beefing with his son. Yeah, that happened in the last thing we read. Well, it's been carried over to this. So yeah, because like, his, his, his son put him out. Well, I was gonna say with that is, um, no, no, maybe his, maybe David's deeds are starting to catch up to him. It's like yeah. ghost and power. Yeah, like power is fleeting, and especially when you gained power through force. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you didn't actually earn the respect of people; you kind of threatened it out of them. And um, this Shimei person, he's got a point when he was telling him, he's like, "You're a man of blood." He's like, "Yeah." That's very true, just because you said, well, God told me to. I don't find that as a legitimate excuse for rampant violence. You know, for a country that uh, prides itself on that excuse, try doing that in real life, in today's modern times. I don't think it holds up in the court of law. Like, even in there, for as much as it's intertwined, like... If I go out and kill somebody and I say, oh, God told me to do that, nobody's buying that shit. No, you cannot use that. Um, I think, uh, do you remember Andrea Yates? No. Um, this was years ago. I feel like it was either in the 90s or early 2000s. She uh, killed all her kids. She had like six kids and she drowned them all in the tub. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was really, really sad. But she was doing it because she really believed that their souls were in danger and that if they died before they reached an age that they could reject the faith, like she'd be able to make sure. Oh yeah. We talked about this. Uh, we have, okay. I don't know if it was on here, but you've told me this story before. Oh, okay. It's sad, but it was a very real thing. It's so crazy too, because she, her, um, she'd been threatening to do it. And in fact, a lot of people thought that her husband should have her husband should have been liable as well because he left her alone with them, knowing that this was her plan. Like she'd been talking about it. And he was like, well, you know, my mother-in-law was on the way over 
and I didn't think she'd have enough time. It would just be a half hour, but she got the, it doesn't take long to drown people. And the fact that she had to like chase them down, it was just, it was crazy. So no, she didn't get off per se, but she was found like by, uh, I don't think she was found guilty. I think she was acquitted by reason of insanity, but she does have to spend the rest of her life in a psychiatric ward. I feel like, was it Shutter Island? I never saw that. I feel like like in Shutter Island, his wife kills his kids and that makes him go crazy. I could be told, but it's in a, like she drowns them or something. (coughs) Yeah, that's super sad. I know, he played two movies in like 2010 and 2000, yeah. I think Shutter Island also came out in 2002, 2009 or 2010. I remember But he was in two movies where he had wife drama. Yeah. And Inception was the other one. But Inception, she kills herself, so. Right, right. I think Shutter Island is the movie where... That happens. I could be totally wrong. I'll yeah, that but I, I take your point. Like, no, saying God told me so isn't a good enough excuse for uh, murder, for sure. Well, also, just to piggyback off that, any signs of, because what you just told me relates to something in my own life. And now when anybody gives me any signs of craziness, particularly towards harming loved ones or children, I can't fuck with you. Because somebody yeah. I dated like, continuously was like, oh, fuck your ex's kids and all this type of stuff. And like, just like, but in the same sentence would be like, well, I don't understand why you can't just pick up the kids and bring them over here. And it's like, I don't trust you around the children. That's why I wouldn't do that. Like, you have to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Because if you do something to them, then I'm going to jail. Yeah. So. (laughs) And it's, uh, I don't know. People are, ugh. But um, back to the Bible. Back um, to the Bible. So, oh, and then that was the thing, too, because uh, Hushai, he's a spy for David. Like, we established that. So um, Absalom should be. Uh, he, he seems suspicious, and he should be. But um, wait, who was? Oh, uh, and uh, I think Ahithophel. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but whatever. Um, this is interesting. I, I definitely don't remember learning about this in school. Um, Absalom having sex with all of his dad's concubine in front of everybody. Like, that's wild. That reminds me of the meme that says, uh, would you have, it's like a dollar amount, and it's like how much to basically have sex in front of your family. Oof. Oof. I don't, like, yeah, I, there's just other better ways to make money. Just as long as there's other ways to it's make money. I know, that's what I'm saying. There, I'm just saying there isn't a dollar amount. As long as there's other ways to make money, I don't think no. I'm going to um, have sex but publicly. But it's, a, it's a, fat, a fast 200K. I'll make a slow 200K. I'm fine with that. Mm. Um, I'm on the fence. <laughs> No, I, there's no going back from that. Um, and also, it doesn't sound like this sex was necessarily very consensual. But I guess in this case, though, Absalom's the bad guy, even though it feels like the Lord set this story out. Well, according to our third co-host, Bard, um, this... Wait, no, there actually is a mention of God in this. They were saying, now, in those days, the council of Antith of and. Ahithophel was given, gave was one, as, was as if one consulted the oracle of God. So they're basically saying like his word is as good as getting it from an oracle of God. David's is. 
Ahithophel. No, and th ah Ahithophel. Uh, 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 He's the one who told Absalom to do it to the concubines to everybody in front of everybody. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'm willing to hear from Bard, the though. The twist of this, I mean, it didn't really have anything to do with that. The oh. more so, the twist of this was that. Um, Despite the accusations and abuse, David chooses not to retaliate against Ziba or Shimei. He expresses faith in God's timing and accepts his suffering with humility, demonstrating his trust in God's ultimate plan. So this is supposed to be a story of uh, betrayal and cunning. But yeah, so basically from this, we're supposed to learn about um, how we have to keep ultimate trust in God. Okay. And that's the span. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, because, and also, it's just interesting to me how God's protection is very sometimey. It's almost as if it doesn't matter at all. Like, during life, good and bad things are going to happen to you. And you can mm -hmm. either blame it on God or blame it on the devil or blame it on whatever. But whenever, like, because, like I said, people like to heap things onto us like I'm a demon whore and that's why I deserve bad things to happen to me, but... I mean, they didn't say they deserve, that you deserve bad things. Well, I mean, it's just a case that might be made, you know, that I don't deserve, like, certain protections. Because ultimately that was, I think in our society and many others, like, we break women into categories and there's women who are decent and proper and deserve protection. And then there are women who deviate from societal norms and we don't protect them a lot. I think a lot of times like sex workers are in that category where often they're not believed. They're not, they don't have full status in society. Like people will be like, oh, well, that's just, a, like I said, even uh, your friend who called me a, a demon whore, that wasn't a compliment. Like, you know, referring to someone as a whore is an insult. So I to think- some. To some, exactly, but in our society, it's definitely- Yeah, the general consensus is that it's an insult. The, this is like a lesser, yeah, it's, it's meant to like knock you down. But this is why I combat that all the time. Like, I don't like that talk around me. I don't like the energy around me. I don't like people around me to feel like that because it's just, to me it's short-sighted. And it, it, like as somebody who has grown up around a lot of women and also is responsible for three girls, it's like, I would be pissed if somebody came and was like, well, what was she wearing you know, about one of the kids? Like what the fuck does it matter? Yeah, yeah. And I would like to point out, too, whenever people bring up that, that you know, gym, like, there are plenty of societies throughout the world and throughout history where women wear almost nothing, and they don't have to worry about being assaulted. You know, like, it's really more of a societal thing that we're just allowing this behavior because, and I'd point out, like, during this time, like, we, we, we see examples of countries that make women cover up head to toe. And if you listen to a lot of their stories, that does not seem to prevent sexual assaults. Those women still get assaulted. Yeah. Pretty regularly, it's a bummer. It has a lot more to do with how your society views like individuals, especially women, as having autonomy and not deserving of rape no matter what they do or don't have on. Speaking of assault and women. Oh boy. <laughs> Jonathan Majors was, uh, for those who haven't been following us the last few weeks, Jonathan Majors is an 
African-American actor. I don't like that term. He's black. Because you know who else is African-American? Elon Musk. Uh, for Yeah, sorry. We have listeners all over the world. Yeah. He's an American... He's a black American. Black man. Yeah. Um, Americanized black man. Yeah. And so, like, he was convicted of, what? Two, Harassment two of, and assault. Two out of the three things that he could have I think moved. it was four. Okay, two out of the four. Yeah. Um, but I was having a conversation with multiple, well, one, really one person in particular, and she was basically like, that's what he get. I've, the general consensus has been that's what happens when you fuck with white women. And I said to this person... Oh, okay, that's great. So it's okay if he would have done this to a non-white woman. And then she was like, well, no, but like, you know what I mean. Because everybody's just caught... I've noticed that people are only caught up with what they can see. Mm. And so they've only been caught up with the fact that, like, oh, well, he was running away from her. And I have consistently said, well, that doesn't mean he didn't hit her. That just means he was trying to get the fuck away. yeah. Um, it sounds like they had a very toxic relationship, and to me, it's really sad that someone like him, who's worked so hard to get where he's gotten, like um, some like a couple minutes can ruin your like. Just let her have the phone, like the because I think the real problem is the fact that he was trying to juggle multiple women without being honest with them. And it's like, if you had just been honest and been like, yeah, I'm talking to, you know, somebody else. Um, I'm Jonathan fucking Majors. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to have, like, you know. But this brings, so you right there, the statement that you made mm-hmm. brings me into. Like he said, I'm a great man doing great things. <laughs> like, uh, well, fall back and be more like Coretta Sky but, King and but, Michelle Obama. But that in that is where. I have to, one, agree with him. I don't think you should lie. But in that, I don't know what you want to call Wait, it. Wait, you agree with him or me? That you shouldn't you, lie. Thank you. That you shouldn't lie. There but we go. more the sentiment, when it to go back to what I was talking about, about dating earlier, because I had to have a conversation with somebody, and I was like, you only, you only treat me how you treat me because I'm just who I am at this level in life right now. If I was, because this person wanted me to take care of them and, like, they felt like me not spending money on them at the drop of a dime is somehow I don't give a fuck about them. I was like, but if I was doing those things, then you would put up with more. And I don't like... I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's my point. So then to me, all this, this love shit that we talk about, like, yeah, there might be base level love, but... That shit that people be saying they want, that shit ain't real to me. Yeah, like he wasn't in love with her. That wasn't love. This was like manipulation. This was power. This was control. And like I said, I don't think it was necessarily... um, Here's the thing. Like there's no such thing as a perfect victim. So like, yeah, I'm sure she did some fuck shit too. But the the end of the day is you can't fight somebody for anything, basically. Like if you're a man, especially a large black man in New York fighting a tiny blonde woman in the back of a cab while you're the head of a major, you're about to be, you were on the cusp of like superstardom, like international superstardom and you just fumbled the bag. But I think this is a much better, like this is an opportunity because I don't think the best thing to do in these situations is like, okay, well, 
you have to go away now and we never talk about you again. Like, I understand Disney, like, dropping him because they're a fan. You know, like, we can't have, like, you. It's not like Rick and Morty and shit. Even Rick and Morty had to fire Justin Roiland. It's like. But that, see, but this is what I don't like about that. Because well, like we said, only do that to people that we're either skeptical about or we don't like. Because I've heard after this situation happened, the Ezra, Ezra Miller shit got brought back up. He's been a fucking terror in Hollywood yeah. for a while. He still got to do his fucking movie. Then fucking, um, apparently Josh Brolin, who played Thanos, he was involved. He had he was involved in a domestic situation similar to this, and he still got to be Thanos. I don't. I didn't look yeah. too much into that, but I was just like, oh, so we only pick and choose when we want to tear well, people down. Well, it kind of does seem like, but that's the the what is the eleventh commandment? The unofficial eleventh commandment: don't get caught. Like you did your shit in the middle of New York, dude. Like it, there was no, and then like it became a matter of public record. There was no way to hush it up because the police got called. And like I said, like. It, it was bad enough that the police took you in because this is the thing too when you read a lot about and kind of get into this the police do not like getting involved in domestic situations if there's any way that they can just leave without doing anything that's what they're trying to do so the fact that they had to take him in and stuff like that means like the shit was bad and you see the photos it looked like her finger was fucked up and she did have some lacerations they weren't terrible but it was enough to know like some shit was got, it got physical and then we find out like he you know his hit her before didn't want her to go to hospital it's just all bad my whole thing is we need to have a conversation because this isn't uncommon. This happens in lots of relationships all over the world. What do we do to prevent it? Because to me, losing your job doesn't make abusers less abusive, generally. So, like, what would we have to do? Just to let, I mean, in this particular situation, let the nigga fuck other women. He should well, have to lie I'm just about talking it. about as a society, not just like, his that, that was the answer. Well, I'm just talking about as, as, as a society at large because he had a movie get pulled. He also had his ads from the army get pulled. And for me, like, this would be a good opportunity to talk about the massive domestic abuse problem that the military has. Like, instead of just trying to be like, oh, we don't want this guy representing us. It's like, why? It sounds like he, sound, it sounds like he does what a lot of y'all do. So it, it's just he got caught. And so is that what we're, is that the lesson we're supposed to take from this? Don't get caught? Like keep that? Cause yes. You, huh? Yes, because we've talked about this before. <laughs> I sent you a video about the difference between politeness and principle. Hmm. We in the United States operate under an air of politeness. People don't really give a fuck or abide by those principles. So it's like they just want to appear like they are. And it's like the Gilded Age. Yeah. Like, then that's why it was called the Gilded Age. It wasn't the Golden Age. It just has this thin veneer of gold, but underneath it's just some cheap. I don't cheap... know what guild means, but sure. Oh, gilded. That's just, um, that's like a gold-plated jewelry oh, where okay. it's like nickel, but then you put gold over it, you know, gotcha. or whatever, and then the gold rubs off. And... Oh, well then, yeah, this is very apropos. Yes, yes it um, is. All right, let's keep going. Let's see what happens after uh, Absalon has sex with all of his dad's concubines. That's so gross. Okay, so Second uh, Samuel 17, New Revised Standard Version. Moreover, uh, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me choose 12,000 men, and I will set out and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic, and all the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king, and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. 
as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man, and all the people will be at peace. The advice pleased as the, the, the advice pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. The counsel of Hushai. Then Absalom said, Call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear to what he has to say. When Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, This is what Ahithophel had said. Shall we do all he advises? If not, you tell us. Then Hushai said to Absalom, This time the counsel that Ahithophel had given is not good. Hushai continued, You know that your father and his men are warriors, and that they are in great enraged like a bear robbed of her cubs in the fields besides your father is expert in war he will not spend the night with the troops even now he has hidden himself in one of the pits or in some other place and when some of the troops fall at the first attack whoever hears it will say there has been a slaughter among the troops who follow absalom then even the valiant warrior, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will utterly melt the fear. For all Israel knows that your father is a warrior, and that those who are with him are valiant warriors. But my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you. From Dan to Beersheba, like the sand by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we shall come upon him in whatever place he may be found, and we shall light on him as the dew falls on the ground. And he will not survive, nor will any of those with him. If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we, will, and we shall drag into the valley until not even a pebble is to be found there. Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel. For the Lord had ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, so that the Lord might bring ruin on Absalom. Absalom warns David to escape. Then Hushai said to the priests Zadok and Abiathar, Thus and so did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Therefore sin and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Therefore sin quickly and tell David, Do not lodge tonight at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means cross over. Otherwise the king and all the people who are with him will be swallowed up. Jonathan and Ahamaz were waiting on Enrogel, a servant girl used to go and were waiting at Enrogel, a servant girl used to go and tell them, and they would go and tell King David. For they could not risk being seen entering the city, but a boy saw them and told Absalom. So both of them went away quickly and came to the house of a man at Baharim, who had a well in his courtyard, and they went down into it. The man's wife took a covering, stretched into the stretched it over the well's mouth, and spread out grain on it. And nothing, was, and nothing was known of it. When Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where are Ahamaz and Jonathan? The woman said to them, They have crossed over the brook of, the water, of water. And when they had searched and would not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, the man came up out of the well and, and went and told King David. They said, to, they said to David, Go and cross the water quickly, for thus and so has Ahithophel counseled against you. So David and all the people who were with him set out and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, not one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that, the, that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and went off, to his, went off home to his own city. He set his house in order and, la and hanged himself. He died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim while Absalom 
across the Jordan with all the, with all the men of Israel. Now Absalom has set uh, Amasa over the army in the place of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra, the Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, daughter of Nahash, sister of Zariah, uh, Joab's mother. The Israelites and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, uh, Shobi, son of Nahash from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Makar, son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Ragalim, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, meal, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey, and curds, sheep, and cheese from the herd, for David and the people with him to eat, for they said, the troops are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Thanks be to God. Woo. Oh, I gotta be honest with you. I kind of drifted off there a little bit. Um, so wait, why did Ahithophel, why did he kill himself? Just because he wasn't listened to? Oh. That feels drastic. <laughs> and then what was like, because I'm not even sure, like his advice was just to go kill David and not anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's what I gathered. So yeah. what was Hushai, what was his, Hushai, what was his advice? Uh, Hushai's advice, well, yes, to answer your first question, yes. Okay. Um, uh, when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he sat at his donkey and went off home to his city. He set his house in order and hanged himself. So he died because they didn't listen to him. Or he killed himself because they didn't listen to him, I guess. Uh, he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. And then for Hushai, your question was what? What he was, was warning, his advice? He was warning David to escape and then... Um, well, because he was on David's side, but wait, but what was his advice to Absalom though? What did he tell Absalom um, to do? I don't see any advice. The last thing I see about Hushai was then Hushai said to the priests, Zadok and Abiathar, thus and so did, did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Therefore, send quickly and tell David, do not lodge tonight at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means cross over. Otherwise, the king and all the people who are with him will be swallowed up. Okay, no, here it is. But my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you like sand by the sea for multitude, that you go to battle in person. Okay, so he's Where said that, that was uh, 11. Verse oh, eleven. Wait, so that was because he 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 first he poo poos uh, Ahithophel. He tells him like that this time his advice isn't good, even though you know that guy who told you to have sex with your dad's concubines in front of everybody turns out he doesn't have the best ideas. But it sounds like Ahithophel really did have Absalom's best interest at heart, where Hishai is a double agent. So Hishai tells him, "You should go into battle and gather everybody around you." So it sounds like he's setting him up to be killed. Hmm. if I had to guess. And then, so we can come upon him in whatever place he may be found, and we shall light on him as dew falls on the ground, and he will not survive. So he's saying go in as a blitz because David's a warrior and all the dudes around him are warriors, so we should all go in and kind of, I'm, I'm, he's calling a blitz. No. Omaha! I don't know. Is um, Omaha a blitz? I don't know. It's something Peyton Manning used to always shout out. Uh, um, so, but yeah, these are, um, for those who did not follow, cause this is just a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, the breakdown of this is 
2 or I'm sorry, 2 Samuel 17 marks the turning point in David's conflict conflict with Absalom. His cunning strategy and divine intervention set the stage for Absalom's downfall. There was a clash of counsel. Ahithophel, Absalom's advisor, proposed a swift and bold attack on David's weakened forces, aiming to crush him before he can regroup. This ruthless strategy emphasizes Absalom's desperation and willingness to use violence. Hashai, David's infiltrator in Absalom's camp, counters with a seeming less risky plan. Gather a large army and, and attack quickly. This delays Absalom's decisive action and gives David precious time. So that is basically mm -hmm. the differing opinions. Um, it's I mean, but I'm sorry, Absalom doesn't seem any worse than David. I mean, I guess David never turned on his dad, but his dad never had anything except sheep. So who knows what David would have done if his father had been Jesse, you know, David's son of Jesse. If Jesse had had like a kingdom, David might have overthrown him. I have nothing for you. Sorry. Uh -huh. um, I don't know. I'm, oof, this is, oof, it's just making me tired. Oh, it's a loud, loud. See, you should have okay. got that coffee. I know, right? Okay. <clears throat> Second Samuel 18, the defeat and death of Absalom. Then David mustered the men who were with him and sent over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. And David divided the army into three groups. One third under the command of Joab, one third under the command of Abishai, son of Zuriah, Joab's brother, and one third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. The king said to the men, I myself will also go out with you. But the men said, you shall not go out, for if we flee, they will not care about us. If half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worth, <clears throat> but you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better that you send us help from the city. The, the, the king said to them, whoever seems best to you, I, whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood at the side of the gate while the army marched out by the hundreds and by thousands. The king ordered Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders concerning Absalom. So the army went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. The men of Israel were defeated there by the servants of David, and the slaughter there was great on that day, 20,000 men. The battle spread over the face of all the country, and the forest claimed more victims that day than the sword. Absalom happened to meet the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule, and the mule went under a thick branch of, great oak, of a great oak. His head was caught fast in the oak, and he was left hanging between heaven and earth, while the mule that w was under him went on. A man saw it and told Joab, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. Joab said to the man who told him, What? You saw him? Then why then did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have been glad to give you 10 pieces of silver and a belt. <laughs> but the man said to Joab, even if I felt in my hand the weight of a thousand pieces of silver, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded that you and Abishai and Ithai, saying, For my sake, protect the young man Absalom. 
On the other end, if I had dealt treacherously against his life and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have stood aloof. Joab said, I will not waste time like this with you. He took three spears in his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. Then And then ten young men, Joab's armor bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then Joab sounded the trumpet and the troops came back from pursuing Israel. For Joab restrained the troops. They took Absalom, threw him in a great pit in the forest, and raised over him a very great heap of stones. Meanwhile, all the Israelites fled to their homes. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up for himself a pillar that is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar by his own name, and it is called Absalom's monument to this day. David hears of Absalom's death. Then, Am, ah, hmm, ah, then Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, said, Let me run and carry tidings to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the power of his enemies. Joab said to him, You are not carrying tidings today. You may carry tidings another day, but today you shall not do so, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to, to a Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. And the Cushite bowed before Joab and ran. Then Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, said, Again to Joab, come what may, let me also run after the Cushite. And Joab said, Why will you run, my son, seeing that you have no reward for the tidings? Come what may, he said, I will run. So he said to him, Run. Then Amazon ran by the way of the plain and out and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the sentinel went up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And when he looked up, he saw a man running alone. The sentinel shouted and told the king, the king said, if he is alone, there are tidings in his mouth. He kept coming and drew near. Then the sentinel saw another man running, and the sentinel called to the gatekeeper and said, See, another man running alone. The king said, he is also bringing tidings. And the sentinel said, I think the running of the first one is like the running of Amazad, the son of Zadok. The king said, he is a good man and comes with good tidings. Then Amazad cried out to the king, All is well! He prostrated himself before the king with his face in the ground and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against the Lord, against my Lord, the king. The king said, Is it well with the young man Absalom? Amazad answered, When Joab sent your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I do not know what it was. The king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, Good tidings for my lord, the king. For the Lord has vindicated you this day, delivering you from the power of all those who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with you? Is it well with the young man Absalom? The Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord, the king, and all who rise up to do you harm be like that young man. Oof. David mourns for Absalom. The king was deeply moved and went up from the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I had died instead of you? O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Thanks be to God. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Absalom finally got got. Mm-hmm. I feel like Absalom is like... The, I guess the, I don't know, would it be correct to call him like Dre from Power? Hmm, a little 
bit. Yeah. I think that's fair. If because um, yeah, he sucked and and Ghost sucked, but they were kind of plotting. But I guess the difference is like Ghost didn't love Dre. Yeah. It, it'd be more like Tariq. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Tariq would be a better uh, parallel. Um, For those who don't know, Power is a TV show. About yeah, it's kind of a, a drug dealers and yeah, yeah, drug dealer chic, um, but kind of a soap opera. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I can understand why. Uh, what's it? Who was the dude? Amazad. Uh, didn't want to tell David Absalon was dead because the last person who gave David bad news got stabbed when he told him that Saul and Jonathan died. So I understand why he was kind of like tap dancing around that. Um, but he didn't kill. It sounds like he if he did kill the Kushite, they're not telling us that. Yeah. Da uh, first of all, David has anger issues, I feel like. And mm -hmm. also. Um... It's probably why he killed so many people. Maybe. And, and Absalom, that, wait, is that, okay, correct me. Is that, that's not his son, right? Absalom is his son, Okay, yes. okay, yes. all right, then never mind. What, the second thing I was about to say was not going to make sense. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, basically Absalom, um, you know, finally met his end. These violent delights have violent ends. Um and it's crazy, too. Um, this is also why when we see people riding horses, they usually have on a helmet mm. because it is very dangerous. Like if you have, you know, hair and you're riding a horse or a donkey, yeah, you can get snatched up. He's lucky he wasn't decapitated. Um, it but doesn't he, matter. He still got fucking he, impaled by javelins. He did. It probably would have been better to be decapitated because yeah. that would have been quick. Yeah. Um, uh, but I can... So... <laughs> So do you think there's going to be any, because who killed it? It wasn't Joab, Joab. was it? No, it was, uh, they went and told Joab. Oh, okay, yeah. And then. Um, but it looked like a lot of people stabbed him. Um, do you think that was the right move, though? Because like, what was the move? Like, I, I guess David wanted to capture him. But that means he still would have, like, probably, you know, like, it, it seems like... When people like overtake your kingdom, they'll probably do it again. Uh, or she treated him like Fredo. Well, even Fredo got killed, though. Yeah, Fredo got killed. No, I feel like you got to nip it in the bud. Yeah. I feel like when somebody shows you a sign of bullshit. Yeah, you your treason nip. back in them days, like, there's no real getting around it. But, um, yeah, I don't. And then I, God didn't even show up in this one. I mean, not really. He's just he's been chilling this whole Samuel saga. Yeah, like he's kind of checked out. I guess he's just like ah, which, David's got it. Which then because it's like if he if David's his anointed, why isn't he like giving him a heads up or something? Or at least which just brings more credence to the fact that why the fuck are we following this God? Like I feel like although this is supposed to be the word of God, God only has appeared like maybe twenty percent of the book that we've read. Fifteen percent of the time, every every all the other time, it feels like everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, and then we just relate it to God because it's supposed to be some type of inspirational story. Yeah. Okay. I mean. <laughs> I wish it were better too. I really do. 
Um, it's just not, though. Yeah. Well, and that, as they say, is that. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we got to talk about next time. Next time on Bible Mob Head Dot. So. Okay, well, I'll do it. Okay, so the next time on Bible Breakdown, we'll be reading um, David Recalled to Jerusalem, David's Mercy at to Shemai, um, David and Mephibosheth meet. Oh, we didn't even really talk about that because he, uh, that's Saul's grandson with the messed up feet. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll get back into that. Uh, there's going to be a rebellion. That's the one that got the, the David took mercy on. And yeah, gave, gave him, him his land. Yeah, he gave him some land. Yeah. Um, so and then uh, David avenges the Gibbonites. So it looks like we'll have some more. Oh, and the exploits of David's men. So it looks like we just got some more violence and... Um, yeah, more violence. Okay. So look forward we're to. getting close to getting done now. We are. We are. Um, we're working on it. We're doing. We're chugging along, man. Um, I don't. I mean, I get why this is. I don't get like not the content doesn't make it clear to me why people go so hard for the Bible, but I think its place in history is what makes people go so hard for it. Like. You've been told your whole life this is the word of God. So, like, as soon as you hear somebody be like, uh-uh, you're like, fuck you. Yeah, I don't agree with that, but whatever. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm okay with being disproven and learning something new, but it has to, <sighs> has to make sense. Make it make sense. Oh, well. Um, I really appreciate being in person today. Um, do you want to bounce before the traffic is crazy? I mean, it's fine. No. Um, um, all right. Well, be curious, not judgmental. Your body way, belongs to you. Um, get mental health therapy, seriously, because there are people out here who... They're flailing. ...are avoiding it. Yeah. And they, they really fucking need it, and they think nothing is wrong with them, which brings me up to another point about toxic positivity and boundaries that you keep trying to say people should set and you should respect people's boundaries and I feel like fuck all that because <laughs> sometimes people's boundaries be bullshit and stupid and and well you heard that you heard that people fuck your boundaries <laughs> not fuck all of your boundaries just when no you have to respect people's boundaries and if you don't agree with their boundaries you just don't fuck with them but you can't. No, but I think also we should not go through life. How how arrogant is it to go through life feeling like nobody can ever check or challenge you? I'm not saying that, but okay. you can't you can't ask people. But that's to what I change. meant by toxic. When I prefaced with toxic positivity, because Ta people but, is running around here saying, "Well, that's just my boundary," and yeah, in on from a technicality, yes, that technically is a boundary. But yeah. technically speaking. Uh, Bill Cosby got off, but we still know he did this. So like, that I, doesn't I don't have anything argue, to do with boundaries. Like I'm a boundary would point. be I don't like arguing technicalities. I want people to realize that sometimes your shit stinks. And okay, shit. so Bill Cosby got off on a technicality, so you can argue with people about their boundaries. Yeah. Okay, I don't think that's the lesson from that. I think the lesson is everyone gets to set their boundaries. 
You can tell people why you don't agree with their boundaries, but you don't get to keep arguing with them about them without yourself being like toxic. Well, I get to keep doing anything that somebody will let me do, first of all. No, that's toxic. That's why. That's what got Jonathan Majors fucked up because no, got he kept. Majors she kept letting up. him do that stuff to him, but that doesn't mean it was what okay got to do. Jonathan Majors fucked up is he wasn't being honest, and it came back to no. What the other thing was that you because you're saying like if someone lets me do this, then it's okay. Well, you just said you don't get to do something, but you get no, to do you anything. Don't. Yes, you do. You get to not do and be not not and not be healthy. Sure, okay. you can do whatever. Okay, so again, <laughs> speaking, you can do. Yes, you're right. Mean things. You can do fentanyl. You know what I mean? Like you can do whatever you want to, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. Okay. Like, but if we're if we're trying to make healthy steps in our lives, you can't just. It, you can't um, ignore or push back past people's boundaries without going to an, un just because you don't agree with them. For me, um, I have a family member, she doesn't like getting phone calls after nine o'clock at night. If I think that's ridiculous and keep calling her because I can ignore her boundary, she has every right to block me. Even yeah. though like she's a family member and I need to talk to her, we you know have shared responsibilities. If I'm ignoring her boundary, even though I don't agree with, that's the whole point of a boundary. But no one has to agree with it. But she answering in case of emergency or she's just not answering at all? My whole thing is it doesn't even, like, that's the thing. Like, if someone did call her after that point, she'd know it was an emergency. Okay, but that, I don't feel like that's silly because there, to me, I'm just giving that as an example. Okay, an let me, there's always an give me an example of like a stupid boundary you think you should be able to push past. I mean, We've talked about my entire dating experience, so this is where all this is, first of all, coming from. Okay. But like, but I'm just saying, like, in just give me an example for the. Somebody tell me I can't be friends with you. Okay. So okay. So if you had someone and that was their boundary, where they were like, "Oh, I don't want you talking to this person." That's they felt a, like we talked too much. We talked too often. Whatever. Whatever it is, they're trying to control your behavior because that's a classic control tactic. That is a warning, that is a red flag to not mess with that person. Like they can have that boundary, but you can also have the boundary of, I don't accept that boundary, so we don't need to I don't have a relationship. I don't accept it, but my, my counter So that, that, that's what I'm saying, the move isn't to argue with that person, the move is no, to- No, but this is where I was just bringing up. Mm -hmm. No, I'm tired of people walking around in life like they can't never be checked or they can't never no, be challenged. No, I'm not saying boundaries are a good thing because everyone has good and healthy boundaries. Boundaries are a good thing because they allow you to sell good and healthy boundaries. You can't do anything about anybody else because then oh, you're getting into the control but space. But I also know from experience, like, you don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. me, even if I'm not the person to... But you, your job on. is to model healthy even, boundaries. Right, but even if I'm not the person to convince somebody otherwise, maybe I'm the spark in their brain to where they go on and it's like, oh shit, I finally get it. Because I've had moments if like that If I thought that, that would work, I would suggest it. But since it I don't think that's a real possibility of working. I think the best thing you can do is just model healthy boundaries, well, which is cutting now. things, which is cutting things off with unhealthy people, that, like with, like cutting things off with people who have boundaries you don't agree with. Like that's that's all you can and do. That's, that's what the boundaries I'm doing are now. for. I'm, but I was just bringing that up. I don't even know how we got on boundaries. Sure, sure. Oh, because I say get mental health therapy. Yes. which I agree. Everybody should get therapy. Um, just continue to work on yourself. Mentally, spiritually, physically, um, all of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like one episode you said something that I was being ableist and I wasn't. 
Oh, I was just teasing you. If, if I ever tease anybody about being able, especially you, I'm just being silly. I don't. Well, they said that about Bradley Cooper recently too. Maybe because we, he, listen, he said he doesn't allow chairs on set. But he was talking. See, this is the this is the absurd yes. world we live in. Yes, he it, was talking specifically about the video village portion of like when we huddle around. Yeah, like, I don't want people sitting in church. Like, sure, it, dri- it dips our energy. It, it doesn't. I, he wasn't saying fuck quadriplegics. <laughs> but this is where we live. But obviously, but like you said, it was like that clip you sent me of Weekend Update where people were getting mad about that. Where the whole premise is they give each other offensive jokes to try to embarrass each other. Like, that's the but whole... people felt like that's racist and Michael Shea is a piece of shit. Yeah, it was a... supposed to be a racist and sexist. Like, it was supposed to be all of those things because... And, and bringing out, like, someone respectable and doing that in front to make it extra embarrassing to me just made it hilarious. But we've talked about this before on the show. There are people who don't have a sense of humor, for real. Like, they really take everything seriously. I I, yes, there are people like that, but I feel like that's like 5% of the population. I feel like <laughs> what is actually happening is people it are, might be more are than doing that, virtual... It could be. I'm not a fucking... I haven't done the statistics. Yeah. What I do feel like is also happening is people are virtual signaling, and I oh, do sure. not like it. I don't like it. I don't like virtue signaling either, but that's the thing. I don't give my time or energy to people who live like that. You know, that, and that's probably why we're not really in the Christianity camp, because a lot of times that is a lot of virtue signaling. It's like, well, I don't like trans people. That makes me godly. It's like, no, you're just an asshole. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean like you're amazing because you're against a group of people. That I haven't done anything to you. Don't understand the energy. Like it takes. So I understand much the energy. energy. It's status. People want status, and that's a quick way, quick, easy way to get status without doing anything. Because you have an organ, an organization that's already done the work for you of getting status. So when you align yourself with that organization, and all you have to do is just agree with them, that's way less work than you know, actually studying ethics, living a moral life, creating healthy boundaries. All of that stuff is work. We've just, we talked about this before. People are lazy. And on that note, <laughs> Bible Breakdown Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time.